thanks for making dinner tonight, babe. Sure. Did it taste a little burned right? to you at all? Seem, did, it, did it was seem, burned because you didn't make it. It, <laughs> it what? It seemed it, a little burned to me. It was not burned. Seemed a little bit, so. Where are you going probably, with this? Probably have to get divorced because you burned my dinner. So. Check you later. <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds, that's a real thing, and we're really going to talk about it right now. Let's get into that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody, I'm Nate Warnock. I'm Andrea Warnock, and you've joined us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast, and this is a time where we get to talk to you about God's design for marriage and where we see that in the Bible. Right, so we've started in this season three just going through the Bible and sort of talking about the different... Uh, parts of scripture that talk about marriage uh, sort of as we have kind of prioritized them, Andrea and I, in our own minds. So uh, we've been talking about Genesis, but now we're going to skip this week from uh, the beginning of Genesis all the way to the middle, actually latter part of Matthew. And the reason why we're doing that is because I want to talk a little bit. So we've, we've we talked about Genesis 2 uh, and 1 and why those matter for marriage. But it's easy for some people to go, well, that's Old Testament. What, you know, did Jesus say anything about marriage? And of course he did. He said quite a bit about marriage, actually. And we're going to explore some of those things that Jesus said about marriage over the next several weeks. And we're going to start this week in Matthew chapter 19. Now, Matthew chapter 19, uh, if, if you are a someone who is interested in knowing more about marriage or mentors couples in their marriages, uh, I would recommend that you start in Genesis uh, 1 and 2, and you can go back and find our discussions of that. Uh, you need to know Ephesians 5, um, particularly the latter part, 23 through the end of that chapter. Uh, and then you need to know Matthew 19. Uh, and there's some other portions of the Gospels that kind of share this story similarly as well. We're going to talk about all those. But it's really important that you know this because it's Jesus' thoughts on marriage. Uh, and man, if we shouldn't know Jesus' thoughts on marriage, then who should we know? Yeah. So we're going to start by talking about uh, Matthew 19, the, the beginning portion and uh, this is going to be a several week series to talk about these things that Jesus says in Matthew 19, because certainly you can talk about it all as a whole, but I think there's enough here that rather than doing a 90 minute podcast that people will listen to 20 minutes of, we'll just do several 20 to 25 yep, minute podcasts about it. So we're going to start in Matthew 19 verse three. 
And verse 3 reads like this. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him, him being Jesus, with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Jesus' initial response to them in verse 4 is this. Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. Then in verse 5, he says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. That's the portion of Matthew 19 that I want to cover today. So the way this is going to kind of work is uh, I'm going to share a couple of contextual thoughts here about Matthew 19 uh, and some of my thoughts. Andrea will share some of her thoughts as well. And then we want to share just a little bit practically, application-wise, what does this mean for our marriages? Because the Bible is is uh, spiritual, it's deep, but it's very practical as well. And if we're just reading the Bible to study sort of stories and doctrine, then we're missing quite a bit, uh, in my humble opinion. So I'm going to read that one more time, then we're going to talk about it. Starting in verse 3, some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. So what was going on here at the time, and if you saw our opening, this is kind of the, 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 the joke that we were making in that one. There was a uh, actually a rabbi that was teaching a very sort of oppressive um, doctrine, for lack of a, lack of a better uh, phrase, term, about marriage. And basically what he was saying is that marriage happens at the pleasure of the husband. So... Uh, he was saying if the wife, whose duty it is to please her husband, and I don't mean just sexually, but that included in that, uh, but in all ways, um, in housekeeping, in raising the kids, in cooking, in all the ways, the wife's role is to please her husband. And if at any time she fails in that role, then he is within his right to divorce her and find someone who will please uh, him. And, you know, looking at that now, he's obviously right. Uh, so, did, did you want to... Nathan and I have to <laughs> sign off right now. We'll be so, back never. <laughs> so, uh, then there was another rabbi, uh, uh, apart from him, that was saying, no, marriage is a relationship that is, you know, you enter into it and you're in it. And there is no uh, way for divorce outside of... Moses law and we'll we'll go back here in a few weeks to Deuteronomy and talk a little bit about what Moses law was because we're going to study it here in uh, Matthew in the next couple of weeks but basically he was saying apart from the laws given by Moses there is no avenue for divorce and so of course this was creating quite a uh, kerfuffin amongst the you know academic and kerfuffle kerfuffle (laughs) there was kerfuffling going on get divorced it's not really very hard to find some reason in which your wife displeased you right right? because she's a human being and you're a human being but here is the big takeaway of these first couple verses and we see this in 2022 as well these two rabbis have 
diametrical, diametrically different views right. on getting divorced. Right. One is, uh, well, they're both, quote, men of God, right? They both claim to be <clears throat> men of God and, right. and speaking on behalf of God. Right. Spiritual, spiritual leaders. Yeah, that's right. People are following them both, right? Yeah. Right. Um, but they're so different. How? I don't know. But this, ha- well, really, I don't know how. This happens all the time nowadays. And when it's over minor issues, like not a big deal, you know, but this is a major issue that God had spoken about. There shouldn't have been any reason that a rabbi was believing that you could get divorced for any reason. And there shouldn't have been people following him. But yet we see that happening now with massive differences in belief on things that the that the Bible is very clear about, and it's because I don't I don't know why the leaders are choosing to not follow the Bible. That's on them, but the people who are choosing to follow their leaders and just take their word for it, that's their bad. Right. And and we are responsible to know that we're following not somebody and what they think, but we're following the Lord and somebody who represents that. Yeah. So I'm... so I think it's super important on these major issues that we know what the Bible says and that we're being, that we're being led by somebody who's living that out. Yeah. I would go even further and say in a lot of ways in 2022, we're far worse than the people in these biblical times that were following this bad advice because at the time, not everyone, I mean, at the time, not everyone was even literate, right? I mean, if if a rabbi told you, this is what the Bible says and this is what it means. You can understand the temptation to go, well, he's my rabbi. I mean, sure. he, he, he should know. And these um, but Bibles? Yeah, we. She's Everywhere. holding up the Bible for those that are listening to it. Uh, and that's exactly right. I mean, you, you probably have several sitting in your home. In fact, most people that don't even know what the Bible says probably have a Bible sitting somewhere around. Um, we all have and the so internet. We, we ought to know. We all have the um, internet. The and internet has the Bible. That's right. Uh, and yet, you're right. There's a lot of liberal doctrines out there that are being passed off as scriptural truth that are just simply not scriptural truth, marriage and otherwise, frankly. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're right. We, we, we ought to know better. And I believe that the, the, the onerous is on us to know better. So, you know, the Pharisees uh, are are raising this. And, you know, it struck me this question should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Uh, the irony of that is that as of, you know, whenever it happened in the 70s, the United States answer to that question is a resounding yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Prior to that time and the rise of the no-fault divorce laws, you had to have a reason to get a divorce. And there were a pretty small number of reasons where a court could grant you a divorce. Um, I mean, that's only 50 years ago. I mean, to think how far we've come now, I mean, we shared on this channel couples that shared that, you know, essentially their divorce was, you know, we've been married married 20 years and it was fine, but we just feel like we've kind of, we've just kind of gotten everything out of this relationship that we can get out of it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I think, I think, in the divorce paperwork, you still have to state why you're getting divorced, though. Yeah, but except that I, it's irrecon- I mean, irreconcilable. I know, but, differences is anything. 
I know, but it's still, it is interesting to me, though, that they still have you designate why you're getting a divorce, because it really doesn't matter. They'll give a divorce to anybody. Right. Anyway. Right. Right. And, and, and so, so that's the first thing, is we've, we're dishonoring marriage in this country by allowing someone to get divorced for just any reason. Mm. And you might say, like, well, what, what difference does that really make? Well, it makes a difference, because it completely changes what people think about divorce. If you go back and look, pre-no-fault divorces, there were a significant number of marriages where the couple stuck it out because we just didn't really have any reason to get divorced. Now, were there horror stories of how that can turn out? Well, sure, but that's really, we, we can't use the sin of people to justify doing other sinful stuff. Um, there's also plenty of examples of people that came to a point where they were like, well, we can't get a divorce. So either we're going to figure it out or we're just going to live in our poop here Mm -hmm. of our marriage for years and years and years and years. And they figured it out. Um, This whole cheapening of marriage, it's not God honoring, as Jesus is going to point out to these Pharisees who are trying to push this divorce for just any reason. Which, of course, even at the time, very popular, right? Because you didn't need to have a reason. Right, you could just kind of go. She burned um, my dinner. Yeah, she burned my dinner, which was legitimately the example that this rabbi used. Right. Burning That's, your soup yep. was the example that he used. Oh, we didn't have soup tonight, so we're good. No, we did not. Nor was it burned. It was delicious as it always is. So, uh, so that's the question: Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? I would challenge you to, if you're listening to this and you're in a a bad place in your marriage, ca- try to catch yourself from asking this question. Right. Well, has anything happened that will allow me to get divorced? Because that's a question that's tempting to go down. And it is almost always a death knell for a marriage. Because when you start going down the road of looking for evidence of some reason to get divorced, then what you're not doing is focusing on the part of your marriage that you control. Right. You. Putting the effort into your marriage. That's right. Yeah. You begin to check out, <clears throat> even if it's just detective-wise, trying to figure out a way to, to get out of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be clear, Jesus is going to answer this question, no. Um, but here's, what, here's how he, he takes a roundabout way to do it. And for today, we're talking about his initial half of his response, which is, haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied, a slap to all of these Pharisees who had come to him. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. So this is a bit of a review from the last couple of weeks, babe. But what's Jesus really saying here? He's saying, haven't you read the scripture? God made them male and female. For this reason, a father shall leave his a man Man. shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. What do those things have to do with each other? This whole idea of God created them male and female guy's going to leave his father and mother and be joined to his, what, what what, taken in a vacuum, you kind of look at that and go, well, that's not really a response to their question at all. Like you're talking about the creation of man and woman and the creation of marriage. But how does that really have anything to do with, Divorce. Divorce. My question. Right. Right. So what do you think about that? Well, he's pointing out that when marriage happens, you're leaving behind what you had and you're being becoming one with 
your spouse. Right. And so if you're one, there's, you can't be two. Yeah, you, you can imagine, which sarcasm was strong in the Hebrew uh, debate style. You can see it throughout scripture. Um, but I can imagine Jesus sort of looking at them with this mock quizzical expression when he says that the two are united into one. And we see that with the next verse that's going to come up, and I don't want to spoil it because we're going to talk about it next week. But you imagine Jesus going, like, how do you unone something? How do you unone one? Right? One is one. Like, there's no, there's no, like, oh, well, now you have two halves. No, you don't. You have two. So when something has become one, you can't unone it. Um, and he's going to say that specifically in what we're going to talk about next week. But the other side of this that, that Jesus is trying to make a point to them is to take it back to the roots of marriage. Right. That's why he says God made them male and female. Because male and female, both created in the image of God. This is something that the Pharisees would have stood on soundly. It was a key. This, this image bearer of God idea is huge. Uh, and so he's saying... Then a man leaves his father and mother's joined to his wife and they become one. Well, what is that one? It's the completed picture of the image of God. Because Nathan, man, only half the image of God. How do I know that? Because God said he created us in his image, male and female, he created us. So both you and I are in his image. And if anyone spent any time around us, it doesn't take them very long to realize you and I are very different from each other. From the plumbing on to all the other things. Mm. And and not just you and I, but male and female in general. We're very different from each other. So then how can we both be created in the image of God? Well, because both of us don't contain the completed, full right, image of God. And so God went, Well, how do we how do we one this image of me? Marriage. That's how. Yep. So you and I come together in the the covenant of marriage, but then physically as well, and we complete the picture of God, the completed image of God. And I really believe that that truth is why marriage is so central to God's design for human flourishing. And mm -hmm. if you think, well, I'm not sure that it really is, then you're not paying attention to the scripture. Without the institution of marriage, humans cease to be a thing yeah. apart from sin. Right, we can go out and create kids with whomever we right. want to create them with, but that's outside God's plan. It's a sin. The child's not a sin. The act is a sin. So God's plan, according to his design in Genesis 2, pre-fall of man, is that there would be marriage, and that would provide for the ongoing of humanity. That's the only way. There's this gatekeeping of man and woman coming together in the completed picture of the image of God. What happens when we do that? God multiplies us as people. And so when these Pharisees are sitting here going, well, yeah, but I mean, not if she burns your soup. Mm. God's cutting through the BS that they're putting in front of him and going, you know what? The question's not the temperature of your soup. It's your understanding of what marriage is and your willingness to right. submit to God's plan for your life, right. period. Right. Just like they, so they were focused on divorce and God says, no, we're going to focus on marriage. That's right. And that's exactly what we need to be doing too. That's exactly not focusing right. on divorce, focusing on marriage. Yep. And he brought, he brings it back to, it's about marriage. Babe, would you not say that a huge percentage of our crisis care that we get an opportunity to do with couples isn't, is that 
refocusing them from divorce to marriage. Totally. Yes. And and refocusing them really from being two to being one. Right. Because they've gotten off and they're focusing on usually the other person, but how they're different and how they're they don't work together and all that sort of thing. How they how they feel like they're two separate people. Right. And really trying to focus them on to no, your marriage under the Lord and you're one. <clears throat> and so how do you sew into that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. That's good. Uh, babe, I, short and sweet here coming up on uh, not quite 20 minutes here. So you got anything yeah, else to great. add on that, baby? No. I, yeah. It, it was great. It, read. If you read um, the new Testament, where Jesus is interacting with somebody who who has a question, oftentimes his answer is not what you would think. Right. And it's not direct. It's almost never direct. Right. And it's because there's other things um, that he's trying to bring our attention to right. or, um, you know, the question is greater than really what you're, what you're initially asking. And I love that about the Lord. And, and it gives <laughs> us pause too, to think uh, to think when I, when I have a question, a big life question, is the answer really so simple? Right. Yeah. Maybe, but a lot of times there's probably more to it than the simple answer that I want. And so often, and you see this in Jesus ministry, his frustration is that humans tend to be focused on human stuff. And Jesus was almost exclusively, but not exclusively, focused on the kingdom of God. God stuff, right? We see, we see breaks in that with his breaking of the bread. I mean, he's, he's definitely concerned with our physical lives, but his focus, even in those miracles was to get us refocused on the kingdom. And when we get married and live out our marriages, we're doing kingdom work. And that's Jesus point here is, is our marriage is a spiritual thing. It's kingdom work. And so practically for us, we need to one understand spiritually what it is we're doing here as a married couple, uh, or if you're considering dating or marriage, what you will be getting into, uh, and why marriage is difficult because it is a picture of the completed image of God. It's a picture of His desired relationship with us as His people, and therefore, when we enter into it, Satan hates it because it is an affront to him it's a reminder a walking reminder of what will ultimately be his destruction and i believe the bible teaches that he knows it mm. uh and so uh, for us let's refocus on the spiritual side of our marriage let's cast away any temptation to think about uh well but would divorce be okay if she well but but he did so then can i get divorced stop doing that right because even jesus does it here stop thinking about divorce Start thinking about marriage and the thing we've been called into as married couples. Great. All right. Thanks guys, so much. you bet. Thanks so much for joining us. Babe, appreciate you being here. Um, and uh, and just so we're clear, seriously, the food was not burned. That was just a little joke at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Andrew, it was just a joke. It was a joke. He didn't. He actually did <laughs> not eat the dinner that I made. So No, no, I did not. But it's not because it was burned. Uh, so, all right. The guys, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate you being here. We'll be at you with a family Friday. Going to be talking out of Ezekiel for our family Friday this week. So looking forward to that. Otherwise, guys, have a great week. 
And remember, God is for your marriage.